When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. I interviewed Linford Begay, star athlete, entrepreneur. He was a fellow Decorah Viking that was a basketball player and cross-country runner for Decorah High School in the early 90s. And a pretty good friend of mine, we were on the basketball team in the early 90s, but he's not only all of those things, he's also a proud member of the Navajo Nation. Lynn's story is like it's just straight out of a movie, and I hope it becomes a movie someday. It's a story about a man named Ozzy Winger, who was originally from the Decorah area that also taught high school and was a coach at one of the reservations in Northwest New Mexico. And he saw this dynamic, talented young member of the Navajo Nation. He saw so much potential in him, and he invited he, and along with his siblings, up to a few summers in Decorah, and he persuaded his mom as well as his grandma to give Lynn this opportunity. And Lynn took that opportunity. He came and he visited and he totally transformed not only himself, but he left this incredibly positive legacy on the community of Decora. So we're going to share um, his struggles when he originally got there, who helped him along the way. We're also going to share some of the negative things that happened to him in some of the surrounding areas. We're going to be open and candid about that. But it's also exciting, too, because we're going to show, he's going to share with you some of his book recommendations about um, Native cultures, movies recommendations. It's all going to be at rocknakedcool.com in the show notes. We also had just a lot of fun. And I think you're going to find Len an incredibly dynamic and engaging personality. Hopefully you get an opportunity to go to his, it's one of the top bar and grills in Crete, Nebraska. So if you are ever in Crete, Nebraska, go to Els on Main, right downtown Crete, Nebraska, and you can check out. They even have, I think, Navajo tacos. And so you're going to love this particular episode. Lynn's an engaging personality. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode just as much as I had in putting it on and connecting with Linford DeGay, the core Viking and proud member of the Navajo Nation. Stay tuned for this episode of the Rocky Cast. Linford DeGay, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Rockney. Rock. Yeah, um, <laughs> It's a beautiful day here in Iowa City. It sort of is that uh, wormy, earthy smell that you get these first couple days of spring. How's it out where you are in Nebraska? Oh, out here in uh, Crete, eastern Nebraska. It's a beautiful, crisp morning. Uh, a little bit of wind, but sun's out. And, and uh, you know, just uh, looking out east, looking out east as a Native American, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Well, you mentioned Native American, and thanks so much for participating in this interview. Friends of the Rocky Cast, this is going to be a really fascinating story. Lynn is a, um, we weren't super close friends, but we were acquaintances. We played basketball together at Decorah High School. And Lynn is a member of the Navajo Nation who also moved to Decorah, Iowa, um, essentially when he was in eighth grade. And it really occurred to me as an adult, from the advantage point of an adult, that Wow, Lynn, you have a really interesting story in terms of growing up in this really Norwegian heavy culture as a member of the Navajo Nation. 
So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your experiences in, in Decorah, Iowa, you know, growing up as a Navajo in, in Norwegian territory. Yes. Yes. So it, it was a journey. I mean, it, uh, um, obviously, you know, in life's journey, you need, you need some help from other people. And, and that person was Ozzy Winger. Um, Winger. Yeah, no. And, and so basically what I want you to do is, is I understand that you as a member of the Navajo Nation um, grew up in, in both Northeast uh, Arizona as well as Northwest New Mexico. And there was a teacher down there named Ozzy Winger, uh, who is originally from Decorah, Iowa. So what I want you to do is take the audience back to your first, how, how you got connected to Ozzy Winger in the first place, because he was the one that actually invited you up and, and essentially, I don't know if he became your guardian, invited you up to live in Decorah. So, so, so t tell me your first memory of Ozzy Winger. How did you get to okay. know this Ozzy Winger guy growing up in the Navajo Nation? All right. So in sixth grade, um, we moved to Gallup, New Mexico off of the reservation. So my mom had get work. And the closest, uh, the closest boarding school, because my mom was a single, single parent and she couldn't watch three kids. I have a twin sister and a younger brother, uh, Sam, who's, who's two years younger than us. But uh, so we went to this boarding school, Fort Wingate, just outside of Gallup. And, uh, you know, growing up uh, with my cousins, we played sports a lot. So. And of course, on the reservation, basketball is is like is like God down there. So I played a lot of basketball and went to went to Fort Wingate. And my coach was Oscar Winger, Kenny, Ozzy. Okay. Uh, so he has a lot. He has a lot of nicknames from Decorah. But yeah, yeah, no, totally. And, and he, you know, I, I would just remember him sitting up in the stands. He, he's he seemed like a little bit of a character. He was always the biggest Lynn V. Gay fan. Um, and so you'd mentioned that it was actually a boarding school. So it was a boarding school on the reservation um, where, where you were attending school. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So, you know, we were, we were lucky. Like my mom would come and get us every weekend. You know, we'd go there for the week, but there are a lot of kids there that uh, the only times that they would see their family because they live so out, you know, in rural, rural reservation areas that, uh, is when the boarding school would close, you know, for Thanksgiving or Christmas or the summer. So I and was this? Do you remember? Was this actually run by the federal government or the Navajo yes. Nation or, or who was yes. the one that actually Just administered com the combined? But it was okay. Bureau Bureau of Indian Affairs, which is a government-run program. Um, cool. So, That's but awesome. I mean, it, but it wasn't. It was. It was. It was hard. It was hard to to see that. Well, 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 yeah, and, and you know, we were actually talking, and, and I'm hoping you're able to share um, some of you, 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 your your uh, Navajo language skills as you still retain some of that. Your mom is fluent, but but I do think it's an absolute tragedy uh, that um, that you know that they don't teach Navajo to all the kids, and there's not sort of the immersion of that beautiful language that helped our country to you know in so many contexts. Um, but so you're run by the school, and you come across this Ozzy Winger, and and how how did your relationship develop with him so much so that he said, Hey, Lynn, would you like to come and spend some time in Decorah, Iowa? Like how, how did that topic come up? Okay. So obviously we get to, we get to the boarding school. We're trying to 
you know, get get acclimated, I guess. And again, it was sport that kind of broke barriers for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it sparks conversation. It it, and of course, uh, I I love the game, and you know, so Ozzy was my coach, and we just kind of as as player coaches as the team we just kind of built you know we 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 traveled together we so we just kind of built this this friendship of course and and then he he obviously knew my mom he knew my sister he knew my younger brother and those so those first that first summer that we came up it was all three of us all three of us kids i, I was going to say how how is it only Lynn that got to go to Decora uh, right. your siblings so the first summer he then broaches this topic to your mom and, and my grandma and your grandma, who I'm sure that they're like, what in the heck, um, going up to Northeast Iowa. What, what conversations did you have with your mom or even in retrospect about saying, hey, you know, this opportunity to go up in Decora, how, how did he bring it up in terms of like, hey, you kids really might enjoy it up there for a summer? Well, I mean, it, it went beyond sports with with Ozzy's uh, friendship. It was do, do good in school, which I never, which I never took serious. I mean, yeah, I did the work, but reservation school systems they pretty much just kind of get you through. And um, yeah. of course, I was way behind, but that's another story coming up. But um, but he but he you know, push me through school and, and which I never had, I never had that father figure of, of caring, you know, of, of, you know, somebody actually saying good shot, you know, just like, I didn't, just didn't have that parent parenting love, I guess. It sounds like he, he saw really the talent, the potential and, and, you know, as, as wonderful a culture as the Navajo Nation is in terms of its, it, obviously there's some challenges there. And, and I think in part as part of the historic legacy of, you know, uh, our, our, our nation's tragic history in terms of, you know, the reservation schools and those sorts of things. And so he felt that, hey, you know, maybe you could have some positive experiences in Decora. It, is yes. that sort of how, what the genesis was? Yes, yes. And again, he wanted all of us kids to experience that. But of course, then you take us away from our environment, then there's homesickness and then you miss mom. And so, but for, yeah, I had some of that at the beginning, but then I, I made friends in Decora through sport and, and just, so so that, that first summer, then it was all three of you. Um, and, and I take our audience, you know, you were, you were in essentially at North, um, East, New Mexico, no, I'm sorry, Northwest New Mexico or Northeast Arizona, that area. Yep. And describe for the audience your first impression of arriving in Decora. Do, do, you, do you remember that? Yes. You know, in terms of like what you observed, what what take what did you observe? What were your first okay. thoughts when you so saw Decora? It was just the anticipation, you know. We know we're going to a different place from from the reservation, you know, our our where we feel comfortable. So we drive, and as we're driving northeast. You can just tell the difference, you know, in color and, and you can just see it. You can see homes. You can see, you know, if we stop to get gas, there's, there's families that are together and, and, you know, people are happy and, and I'm just like, what is this world? What is, 
and there's there's positivity and and then you see it gets gradually greener and more verdant and then, and then you drive into the valley oh beautiful yeah so beautiful oh yeah I, well what, you're like oh my god i get to live here exactly i'm like as we're getting into the rolling hills and then it gets you know a little more steeper and then we're diving into the valley of decora i'm like what is this and yeah. as we and we and then you can see the the rooftops and the top of the churches and how and it was it was beautiful it was green like a green that i've never seen a river a clear river that i've never seen and it was like wow. it was like a dream and yeah it still exactly. is kind of like you know it's sort of funny yeah well you know I, it's funny i grew up in decora and i i never ever get tired of returning and i think for people that grew up there it really is a special dynamic place um that really has these amazing roots and you know just to have that sort of experience and then you get there you have that first summer um and you you're all three there but then ultimately um the next summer um, was it just you or was it the three of you that came again um for that following summer with ozzy so yes, it was us that three that first summer, and then of course the kids really or my siblings kind of knew what they wanted, mm-hmm. and so we go back uh, for school year again, and and then the next summer it was just the twin sister and I, my my younger brother wanted to stay closer to mom, um, so we spent the summer up here, and then at the end of that summer was when he said to both of us do you guys want to go to school here? So that was going into our eighth grade year. Yeah. And, 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 and so what was the conversation like with, with your, your mom and your grandmom um, in terms of, of doing that? Do, do you remember that distinctly? Yes. Yes. Cause as Ozzy took my sister and I back for that fall, you know, school year. And then that's when we were all on the reservation and sat down with grandma and mom and, my sister wanted to stay closer to her friends and her mom. Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm out of here. I've, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen what the reservation is like and what it does to, yeah. to youth. And, and I've seen what it do, did to my cousins and my uncles. And, yeah. and I just wanted, I just wanted out for some reason, you know, no matter how hard it was, I just, I knew it was not going to be easy, but yeah, uh, exactly. So it was so, only of the three siblings. You then um, made make the next step, and only you. So your sister never did spend a year in Decor. Because I was going to say I don't remember that you even had a twin sister. Um, no, she, she she never attended school here in Decorah. Nope, nope. Okay. So okay. So, so you then for your eighth grade year was your, and I, you know, it's sort of funny. Uh, I, I think I remember that there was a guy named Lynn Begay and I was like, who's Lynn Begay? Cause you know, Decor did not get, we get, get some people that would move there, but it was pretty insular. And I guess it still sort of is a little bit but yeah. Lynn Begay. And that was, so you were in eighth grade when you moved. Yes. So that was a whole, cause like the summers I was, you know, there was the, we lived on a little farmette out in Nordness, and yeah. we had our kind of our separation and our, our friend group out there. But then now, like now, I'm going to go hang out with all of my peers, and yes, and that was scary. And of oh course, my gosh. 
I'm coming off the reservation raw, like no haircut. I'm wearing, I'm wearing, you know, Guns and Roses, everything. I'm, I am, yeah. I'm raw, and I, I'm, but I'm happy. You know, I'm thinking, you know, this is just the way I am, and and yeah, totally. But so I, I'll be curious then that first fall that you're that you're in now, Decora Schools. What was that like? I mean, was it so who so so share some experiences in terms of was there someone that sort of befriended you that sort of welcomed you in? Were there downsides in terms of did you experience any discrimination, you know, in terms of a Native American or were there crimes of omission where maybe there was an intentional wrongdoing, but they were a little clueless in terms of where you you would come from? Share just some of your experiences that first fall as a student um, in Decorah Junior High. Yeah, of course. I guess I've never really experienced racism because I was um, in the majority in a sense. I was, but yeah, then I came up here and then it was, you know, by appearance and I looked different and, Mm -hmm. and, and then I, I played sport, which I started taking positions and that didn't bold well, you know, but those two summers I did make some friends, you know, my age and that they helped me through. Um, And, but once I think the breakthrough really was sport. I mean, once, once you start doing well and then as a team, you know, like the team accepts you, the team. uh, But yes, it was really hard to break those barriers though. And, but, and believe me, there were times I, I quit. I, And my mom would tell me, you're not coming home, you know, and, and Ozzy was, you're not, and Ozzy was not, he was tough love. Like it wasn't, you know, he wanted the best out of me. He wasn't just going to coddle me. And, and so he saw, he saw the talent. And so was there a breakthrough moment? You said sport, but did you have a particular friend? I mean, we can sort of call it. friendly call people out into friendly in a friendly way, you know, in terms of someone that, you know, from decor that really felt like, Hey, Lynn, you're part of the group. You're, you're one of us. Um, I, um, um, I don't know more just sort of the sport. Uh, there were a couple of friends like, uh, Doug Miller, uh, who we're still friends with, um, uh, Logan, Josem. We used to hang out after oh, yeah, practice. Uh, um, just remember those guys kind of the early days, uh, Jared Walter hanging out, you know, with him oh, on the weekends. Jared. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, and then living in Nordness, there was, there was Brian Lynch out there. There was Joel Teslo. There was, there was, there was other, you know, just yeah. kids that you could play with. And they were, you know, obviously, obviously it was, we had, we had my group and then, yeah, and then, totally. and then obviously as, as you go to school and, and you try to fit in it, it obviously it's difficult. But a big yeah. breakthrough was when I was out for basketball and Ozzy always wanted me to progress in my grades. He never wanted yeah. me to go back down. So yeah. as I was, and I was way behind. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. remember Miss Bradley, English teacher. I uh, do remember her, yes. She and a group of, of my classmates, Jill Christopher, uh, uh, Betsy Newhouse, um, oh geez, those um, guys are awesome. Love those. Uh, Eric Amundsen. They took me under their wing, and because I was so far behind in English, um, and 
they took me under the wing and kept me after class, kept me after school and would just work with me and work with me and work with me. Um, and, wow. and, and so, and so in terms of where you were in terms of, it sounds like, you know, in terms of the education you received before, it was just sort of, you know, get you through, there was not the accountability, but when you got there, you, you felt like there, it was, it was positive there. You were welcomed, you were supported. Yeah. Um, your, your, your academic achievement really went up. It did. And I think, you know, the teachers kind of saw that they saw how far I was behind, but then they also saw I was trying but, and then that's yeah. where Ozzy pushed me because like there was, and it was going into my, 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 it was my freshman year basketball practice. I was, you know, again, progressing well. Well, I, one of my grades went back down and Ozzy yanked me from practice and at, right during practice, once he saw my grades and I didn't go back and play basketball again until I got my grades up. Wow. Yeah. So and and so you really you really associated education and sport together as you know one supports the other. There you go. That and that's what he drilled out when he was you know my basketball coach down on the res. You know, like, but now he was more like a parent and and he and he has five kids yeah. of his own. So he's and they're all successful and they all have families and. um yeah. And, and did he actually become your formal guardian? Do you remember? He was or, my how, how my legal work? guardian. Yes, he was my. Okay, so you, so you set up that guardianship, and then so you started progressing through school. And I guess so. Were there were there moments though as you started playing as a, as a high school athlete in you know Northeast Iowa? Um, you know, we've had some challenges recently. I think in the Northeast Iowa Conference. Oh yeah. Uh, with some people of color. Oh yeah. Um, just just share that because you know I, I think in terms of um, race in our in our country, you know we 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 it's just hard for us to deal with it, and and I think it's good to get these stories out in terms of what yeah, and I love that you talked about the positive, you know the, the wonderful people that helped you out, but but what share if you can some just moments where you know oh. you, you got some pushback, you got some of the negativity if, if you could because I think I think it's good to just as part of the history of the region to, to learn about because I think you were there are not a lot of Navajos in um, Northeast Iowa <laughs> not too many brigades. were there any other yeah there aren't too many brigades. okay so, you just share some of that experience that that uh, um, you experienced there oh. and so yes obviously Linford Begay is totally different and he's brown and um and it's a great name to to pick on, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, plenty of stories. And it was just because you know I I pretty much started. I was a four I was a four sport athlete and yeah. captained my senior year every one of them. But yeah. so yeah, I was a leader out there, and of course I was I was definitely on the spot, but. And I took, but it fueled me. The the, the signs and the basketball stands. Uh, Decora likes to be gay. Um, parents yelling at me when I'm running, and uh, just you know, I've been were, spit were they, on. Were they yelling? Were they? Were, were they, you were literally spit? I, I, yeah, I I won a cross country race with a big old loogie right in the middle of my Decora jersey, and oh my god, yeah. So, um, it Ozzy 
So there was a, I don't know if I'm going to bring up a school in particular, throw them under the bus, but it was my last track meet at this particular school. And the previous meet before, we, I came back and, and uh, won the race versus this particular school's team and to win the meet. Um, so this, this next meet was at third place, and it was the same race, and I could not catch the kid. But the fans just started just getting on me. So literally the last lap and coming through the front of the grandstands, it was my last race. I pretty much just kind of let it all out. It was my senior year. And I, and I just pretty much flipped off the entire grandstand. And, mm-hmm. and Ozzy was livid at the coaches and the parents that he ran after the coach. Coach Post and all them guys had to stop Ozzy from beating up Wakan's coach and AD. Oh, I, I just put it out there. Uh, but <laughs> that's okay. Oh, I already chew it. Of course, they're called the they're Wakan Indians at some right. point. So it's right. like, you know, and that that was probably the one school that that really gave it to me. And but again, it fueled me. You know, it really fueled me. Um, but yeah, I think the end of my senior year, I was, I was, I was done with it. It was, I was burnt out. How about that? So it, 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 it so, but, but that, let's explore that just a little bit. Um, you know, because I think in terms of the stories of peoples of color, um, you know, I think rightfully so, uh, people are becoming more vocal. They are sharing their story. Um, but there's also, you know, amazingly resilient people like you that, you know, you mentioned you just, you just burn out. Like, so, so after that experience, as many positive experiences as you had there, um, it, it did accumulate over time and it, and it sounds like it was sort of a trauma. So if you could just sort of elaborate on that, by the time you got to your senior year, you were ready to sort of leave as much as you love Decorah and lo- as much as you love the region and, and the people there. I was, I was, and you know, like when the when the luster is gone and you just become a, you know, a part of society and try to be a a productive member of society. Um, Yeah. I was just kind of, yeah, I was kind of just done, done with it. Try to just scrape it on the rug, put it away. But of course, as you get older and, and, and you said, there's been a couple stories back there that people of color have gone through it. And it just kind of brings that back again. Like, because this particular school had to write me a, an apology, like, uh, so, so, so Oz had that degree of accountability where he was like, he demanded that and he wasn't, he wasn't going to shy away from confronting them. No way. No way. He was, he was ready. Yeah. He was my, he was my, my, my angel. Like he, he was the only one that protected me. Like, like, out of all costs, he will protect me, and and I had that in my corner. And and well, I and I love that too. That you know, you 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 know, a lot of times, for example, in football, you get the guy that hits back, and he's the one that gets in trouble. So I love that you flipped off the stands, <laughs> and I love that Oz and I love that Oz wasn't like, "Hey, Lynn, you shouldn't have flipped him off." He goes and and goes to the other coach and basically nearly attacks that coach. I, I just love well, that. Um, because to me, it's like, it, it just shows what kind of guy he was, what kind of person you were in terms of, you know, what you did have to endure and the fact that you were able to be a star athlete by the time of your senior year. 
Um, you know, but you sort of ended on that sort of note. One of your last meets, you had to endure racial prejudice because of your identity and the color of your skin. Yeah. Also kicking their butt was was good too. But it was every sport. That that school was every sport. Like so again, I was a four sport athlete. So I just got it year round. And it, yeah. it's again just done. And another thing, like as we bring up these these instances of of race and and schools these days, because it's a problem here in Nebraska, uh, but and, and everywhere. Yeah. But um, some of my high school friends now say, Linford, I wish I saw that a little more as a teammate. And how come I didn't defend you? You know, like like do we just sit around and and let these signs of Linford be gay happen? Like or or oh. just the racial slurs on, on the court and, you know, like, uh, so, so you mentioned racial slurs that how, how frequent was that? Um, you know, because one of the really exciting things in the city of Iowa city is, is we have um, something called the truth and reconciliation commission, which is in its initial stages, uh, which I'm very proud of our community for. But I think the first part is before we get into reconciliation and sort of what to do is just getting the truth out you know, to the truth out of the history. So let's just share early 90s, um, you know, you how frequent were the racial slurs? And, and if, if you can share some of the specific ones that were given, um, you know, as an athlete that you had to endure. Well, I mean, I, I was called the N-word a couple times, and I'm not even that. I know. It's like, just, yeah. it's just, like, they were just trying to, you know, find something to, to, just throw at me and it yeah. again like I can't those are the two like those words were really tough to hear the other ones I could take yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's what really sticks out in my mind or are, are being, is being called that and like actually on yeah, exactly. like on the field of play and so yeah, yeah. no exactly and, and I think that the other part of it is, is that with us, you know, again, I think in terms of like racial politics, you know, we either fall into like either or camp and, you know, truth also means talking about the negativity, but there's also been those heroes like us that stood shoulder to shoulder with you, you know, stood for you. And, and I'm assuming he, you know, he taught on the reservation that he loved Navajo culture too. So I don't know if you could share, I mean, was he actively involved in native people's politics in terms of trying to learn the culture in terms of making sure that that remained part of your heritage was, was, was that part of you growing up with Oz and the chorus? You could maintain links to your Navajo. Yes. That was a big part of it. He, uh, he actually did. He, he did, uh, native American, uh, talks. So he would go to nursing homes or to, to schools and he'd have a whole setup display and would do like an hour, you know, uh, informative, uh, uh, speech and then take some questions and answers about his his experience on the res and 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 I would go along with some of these and then uh, so after I graduated I would do some of these around uh, around Iowa City or whatever I used to do a couple of them but uh, I haven't really done it since. But uh, he taught me how to, yeah, you know, be proud of it and talk about it. And, and so. And maintain that cultural identity. And I think that is one of the things that is, 
you're going to see more and more of as these, um, you know, as our native peoples, as we, as we really come to the truth of, of what happened, um, but also to celebrate the incredible strength of these cultures, the Sioux Nation, the Navajo Nation. And, and maybe we should, for the audience, just sort of take a, a little bit of a step back and just describe for our audience the Navajo Nation, um, where they currently are, um, what their, you know, uh, traditional location was in the United States, um, you know, before the arrival of European settlers, um, just give a little bit of an overview of the Navajo peoples, sure. um, you know, in terms of uh, this wonderful nation. That you well, have. Navajo Nation is the largest reservation in America, and it takes up the four corners of Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and some of Colorado. But um, it, uh, yeah, we're about 350,000 people strong. Um Obviously, it's a beautiful area. You have you have great uh, parks up there, Monument Valley. You got Grand Canyon. You have Canyonlands. It's just it's it's just so much to explore. But it's also a very harsh place to live. And uh, growing up with uh, a big family, and, uh, and of course, re- reservation life's hard. Mom and Dad are trying to make it aunts and uncles are trying to make it but it was grandma that kept us all together and got us off to school fed us and Bert, her name was bertha billy um and she didn't speak a, speak a lick of english so she really had to and of course we're all young and and not trying to learn you know because we're going to boarding schools and trying to learn uh I guess. Are, are, are those boarding schools yes. still in existence? Yes. Are they still? Yes. Okay. And, and what, what I'm curious about too is, and I'm hoping you're able to share uh, some of the Navajo that you still know. Your mom is fluent is my understanding. But to me, if they're not, do they have Navajo instruction or immersion within they, the schools? If they don't, that has I, to be a huge political issue as far as I know. That, think. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't there when I was growing up. I would like to think that they would, they would, you know, have that now. Um, I know there's, they're definitely having it at the, the local community colleges now. Um, but uh, okay. yes, we don't want, obviously we don't want our culture to die. And this, the younger cultures are kind of going away from it and, and being influenced by technology, being influenced by just, you know, just, there's a lot of bad things out there. And, and um well, yeah, and, and you'd mentioned it's one of the largest. But, but there's no the opportunity. Largest, there's no uh, opportunity uh, there. And I saw that as yeah. a young kid. I did, like, yeah. again, my aunts and uncles struggling. And and just, just I did not want to, I did not want to go down that path. I did not want to, I've seen some things that, like, kids should never see. And so when I made those decisions yeah. of going to Decora and staying there, no matter how hard it was, I would visualize those experiences of, of trauma, you know, and I did not want to go back there, like no matter what. Wow. So yes, it's beautiful, but it's also very dark in a sense of, 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 you know, you really have to, you really have to be surrounded by, by good people throughout the process there otherwise it's 
it could go. And it really does lie at the at the at the feet of the federal government. I mean, because you know the Navajo Nation, I, I think, rivaled the the Sioux Nation as as really one of the great, and they are. I mean, they're still a great nation, but um, but it really these struggles were not historically well, present um, prior to the advent of European settlers. Uh, they were a powerful uh, nation, and, and just if you could just briefly describe a little bit to that, and we'll get into some book recommendations and then conclude. But just just describe a little bit in terms of the Navajo Nation traditionally prior to European settlers. We were they were we uh, were we were sheep herders. Um, just yes, we weren't we, we weren't fighters, you know, like like the Great Sioux, and um, just just you know lived in our traditional hogans and. And had our sheep, but we traded at trading posts. Uh, and you know, big jewelry makers. We're, we, you know, great silversmiths there. So that was kind of how we made our living. There was, there was obviously the not very much farming there, but uh, um, yeah. obviously, and that was. I don't know. It's it'd be nice to. I always think about what it was like pre settler you know obviously you have other bands of indians other other bands of of uh latino cultures you know it was just there was a lot going on there it wasn't like like i don't know i just don't like the forced removal of peoples and so now it's like the great sioux nation and navajo nation and most of these reservations uh Obviously, the highest alcoholism rate, highest teenage pregnancy rate, highest suicide rate, and it's just again, just just years of trauma. And uh, so, wow. how do we? Wow. But it's also like swept under the rug, you know. Like these people are here. Well, I, you know, Lynn, I, I just I just learned that fact today. I had thought that the compulsory English education was sort of a historical artifact. I mean, the, I thought it was 100 years ago, but but you're sharing that as recently as late 80s, early 90s, there was not even an opportunity right. to learn the Navajo language in the school. That, that That's just wrong. And so as I see it, it's a super complicated issue, but wow, I mean, we're, we're talking about the Navajo, the code talkers of World War II helped yep. us win the war. And and then we don't teach the language and, and we, you know, force them to learn English. And, and I'm all about, you know, bilingualism. So don't get me wrong. But gosh, that seems to me to be, um, you know, a, an opportunity there uh, to be able to, to, to recapture this and, and make sure that this language is preserved and, and expanded and that this culture is celebrated. And I don't know, sort of now that you are an adult, um, you do <laughs> still speak some Navajo. Uh, do, do, do you do you um, see yourself learning more or teaching your kids or um, what 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 role do you see in terms of the Navajo language for you sort of moving forward? Is that you know what? You That's a great question. And I should put that in my forefront a little more because. Because, yes, it is a dying. It is a dying language. It is a dying culture. Um, uh, yeah, I need to. I need to have that kind of you know put into my schedule of trying to and I definitely my I have three little girls and I they know they know the native pride but uh it uh yeah it it should be it should be there on my list yes 
No, and, and I think hopefully we'll be able to get more of that sort of as people, you know, really come to just be fascinated by the culture, this dynamic cultures that we have. And so I'm just curious, I just thought of, as an aside, did, did you get to see the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And it, uh, of course, it's Hollywood. So I wish uh, I wish uh, there were more Native American uh, producers out there. And but, you know, it's and they they went through. Was it was it well received in Navajo Nation? What was the movie well received, or was it or was it a little bit it of a was, appropriation type thing? How was it received? I think it was well received. I haven't really heard anything bad about it. Um, yeah, it's I don't know, but we need to see it from the native side, you know, like so. But yeah. yeah. So, so you basically felt it was a good movie, but it was really still, nevertheless about the non-native peoples using this as a means to move to, to win the war, but it wasn't really seen from the perspective of the native code talkers themselves. Right. Your, right. Your, your right. It was just too Hollywood for me, I guess, you know, so. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it gets the story out there and, and yeah, this country would not be here without the code talkers. And, and it was just not the native language. It was, there were other native languages they used. So it, you know, there were, yeah. and there were 16 yeah. begays that were co talkers. So I, oh, and were, um, and were there was one people? through, he, he married my dad's sister. So they had, I think, one or okay. one kid, but then they divorced. But yes, just through marriage, um, one. Yeah. So, I and I need to get more might oh, need to get more story right. about him through my dad. My dad knows more about 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 his story than and my dad's still my dad's still on the reservation and he's a rancher down there and uh we we've uh, reconciled and, and we've been talking over the years, so um he's he's a proud grandpa and and he's changed his life around too, so I'm very proud of my dad. And I'm just glad he's back, back in our lives. He is. He is. Speaker as well. Oh, cool, cool. Well, Lynn, this has been so awesome. We're about ready to wrap up here. One thing I just wanted to 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 ask you. A friend of mine asked me, um, what what do you think really accounts? You seem like a very resilient, dynamic person. What what really accounts for? For that, is it is it growing up in these two cultures, or what um, I think uh, just again, just seeing it from an early age, and um, I think there had to be a lot of selfishness. I hate to say that, but you know, my selfishness got me uh, a high school education, first one in our family. It got us uh, a college degree, first one in our family. And now, like I've you know been married for for fourteen years, and I wanna, I wanna show my kids and show my nation that I can you know that we are we are family people. We can keep it together, and have three three beautiful kids. I also have twins, and identical twins. So oh, wow. it's it's been quite a ride. We I own a restaurant right. sports bar here in Crete. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, tell us a little bit about that, because I am totally, Lynn, we're going to do another podcast directly from your your sports bar. So tell us, the audience, quickly a little bit about that, 
Um, I actually, uh, so graduated Decora 94, graduated Kirkwood Community College 2000 with, I wanted to be an art teacher. I, I had an art degree, art education degree. And, and then, so from 2000 till I got married to 2006, I didn't want to grow up. So, um, married yeah. a Nebraska girl, Sarah, and we lived out in Denver for 10 years. We moved here in 2012 and I've, I've been doing, and, and then I graduated college out in Metropolitan State University of Denver in 2012 with a, with a uh, sport industry operations major and a marketing minor. Um, so finally got my college degree. Um, but the marketing minor really helped me build a business plan because I was, I was building real world business plans out there for uh, a ski company and through college. But so I, my professors out there were big entrepreneurs. So they're always like, take inventory of yourself, take inventory of your environment, and then go for it. So I moved back here and I went back into culinary. That's what I was doing for 20 years. It was a job. I had three kids, twin newborns. So I was just working at the local college here where my wife works, uh, cooking. And of course I have a degree. I did it for two years. I'm losing my mind. I took inventory of myself. I took inventory of, of my environment. And I'm like, this place needs a new restaurant sports bar. There was nothing. We would go into Lincoln 30 minutes away to go out to eat. So I put together this business plan after I got off work and went to the local bank and the small business administration. And it was like, my whole thing was like, until somebody tells me no. And, and got got the loan got found the found the place we've been in for six years now uh just bought the building um yeah uh, lynn that's so awesome oh so so for people and i gosh i think so yeah. 2007 2006 correct okay 2007 Oz just has to be bursting with pride. I, I think in terms of opening up that business, I'm telling you, if I go to Crete, Nebraska, I'm going to go to Els on Main. Els on Main, yep. On and Main so, this, so with that too, Els is the first letter of each of our, there's five of us. So there's Ella, Emma, the twins, there's Lily, Linford, and then there's Sarah. So that makes up the first letters of Els. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That is so awesome. And so... And so just you, you then own a business now. It's a sports bar and it's down. That is correct. Yep. 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 You can find it. And you just, well, you know, Facebook page uh, uh, is mainly what what I work through. And then we have our, through our Facebook page, you can find our, our website, Google, you can find us. So, you know, for, we've done it for six years. And in this industry, we've, you know, we've hit a lot of milestones and, and, you know, just bought the building. We just paid off our, that SBA loan, but then COVID hits. So we, it's like, it's like, we can't, ha we can't celebrate oh, yeah. it, you know, like it's, it's just different right now. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and so you guys have been able to get through, though. The doors are still open. Yes. We actually have to get open it pretty soon. Um, but I did want you to, sh- I, I, I know you got to go, but I, I want you to share with the audience um, one greeting in the Navajo language. And yes, yes. So if you, you ever, when you, when you meet your friends uh, out for coffee or, or having a drink, you walk up to them and you'll, you'll go, yate, shakis. And they'll look at you and be like, what? And it means, uh, hello, my friend. So, yate, shakis. Awesome. Oh, that is so cool. Oh, wow. That, that's, <laughs> I, I, love that. I love the sound of that language. It, it is kind of a, it is, it is kind of a clicking the, sound. The but you should hear my mom talk or it's it just, it's. Oh, wow. Oh, well, well, hey, Lynn, you know, I'm going through midlife, you're midlife, we all have our challenges, I'm telling you, seize the day, you know, I think in terms of learning more of that language, it's beautiful, dynamic culture, that's great, and I'm here, friends of Rocky Cats, I want Lynn to start his own podcast, I think Lynn would be awesome at that, too, Um, and so we also have some book recommendations that we're going to put on our show notes for rockandcold.com, and I'll also put a link to Lynn's restaurant, to Crete, Nebraska, Elzon, Maine, that's where I'm going, uh, uh, Lynn, if you could give a couple book recommendations yeah. for people interested in native cultures. Okay, uh, okay. So right now, uh, my wife's reading uh, The Heartbeat of Wounded Knee. Uh, it's by David Truer, T-R-E-U-E-R. And it just kind of gives huh? the history of how natives got here. If you want it like pre, pre-colonization to now, yes. you know, and... So it's it's a really good one, um, really good read. Definitely recommend that one. Uh, the next one is okay. the the Lone Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight in Heaven. Um, it's it's a Sherman Alexie book. He's a big uh, Native American writer, but it's uh, it's uh, it's also a movie. Um, uh, Smoke Signals. Great Native American movie, Native American movies out there besides, you know, Dances with Wolves or that type of, in, in our Native culture, we love yeah. this movie, Smoke Signals. So I, I highly recommend it, but this is the book off of it. And uh, obviously there's basketball involved. We're big basketball culture. So this is one of my favorite reads is because there's funny, it's funny and uh, definitely kind of gives you the reservation life. So, um, oh, that's so cool. I, I have seen that movie, and you always wonder when Native peoples are portrayed, does it ring true, or is it just sort of uh, an external view of the culture? So, it sounds like Smoke Signals really does resonate, at least for you internally. Oh, for um, sure, you know, for sure. Because you know, it brings in the mission culture. It brings in. It just brings in what. A native goes through basically, and what he, and what they see on the reservation. Wow. I, again, I just cool. highly recommend it. It's funny. Um, it's also serious. And Lynn, I'm I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, Lynn, the story <laughs> of you and Oz. I mean, if you could just record that, I would I would read that book. I would we'll go to that movie. That is an amazing story, and um, I hope at some point, you know, my uh, one of the things I've really started doing is doing a lot of journaling. Just start writing your memories of that, because I just think in terms of where you are 
this dynamic entrepreneur downtown Crete, Nebraska, next to Lincoln. You know, you know, it's the Nebraska Cornhuskers territory. You got the sports bar, but you also have maintained your roots of the native cultures. You have really, I, I think, led, led an incredible life. And I think it's due to your own resilience, but it's also Oz too. And the story of two people from different culture with all the toxicity we have in this culture that, that made it work and was positive. Yeah. And boy, if I wouldn't pay how much it was, to see Oz go after that. Yeah, time. yeah. They had to stop him. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I, I love it. I love it. So what kind, you know. And the whole, I'm not saying the whole community's like that. I'm just saying. So, uh, <laughs> oh, no, of course, of course not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we, yeah, we don't want, we, we you know, what kind, what kind decor, we, we, we have the rivalry. Oh, for sure. Have a natural, healthy rivalry between the two communities. They've always sort of been jealous of decor. They think we're sort of snobs. You know, there's that top 10 if you move from a small town when you think the other town is a heck town. Um, that means you're from a small town. So uh, we, we have, there is the good natured ribbing and obviously, and I, I think also too, as we think about critique, I've done this in my own life. Uh, before we throw, you know, stones at someone else, we need to evaluate our own. So I think, you know, in terms of, you know, people of European heritage, we need to have our own accountability Agreed. before we start looking to other people too. So um yeah lynn lynn thank you so much get opening that business i hope we can do a follow-up podcast and i can't wait to see if you do any future stories you got it rocky i thank you so much i uh i miss i miss uh god's country as ozzy would call it and uh, um i really thank you for this and kind of bringing the story out again i can't get here by myself i gotta you know I, there's a whole list i can thank but ozzy's always with me and we do the Oh, yeah. Oh, he's total looking now. He's bursting with pride at the. I bet he probably hangs out, you know, and, uh, you know, enjoys the Elzon Main 2 in spirit for sure. So, and Got if you're ever in Iowa, Iowa City, totally look me up. Or if you're ever in Decor, let me know. It'd be fun to reconnect there. So, thank you. All right. So Can much I, I just want to say one last thing. Decor lost a really good, a really good yeah. friend of mine, uh, Dan Fossum. Foss. He was 1994 as well. And I just want to say, you know, and just in his memory that, that we're I'm really thinking about him and, and he'll always live in my heart too. Cause he was one of my best friends and he, he shaped me too, just as Ozzy did. So I'm going to miss you, Dan. And I just, I thank you for, no, I thank no. you for getting this story out to rock. Thank you. And, and, and Lynn, I, I really do. Um, you know, I, I didn't know whether I should bring up Dan's, um, passing um you know I, I think anyone who grew up in decora and now you are you you know there you go and Nor norwegian navajo right it, it, you you would say that too so um i joke you know i hang out with a lot of the sudanese community i always say that there has to be some sort of lost viking that made it to sudan maybe at some point so i i like what you have these sort of positive interactions and dan you know i he's he's decor guy i did not know him as well and, and i appreciate you taking the time to do the interview um, you know, while you and your classmates, especially the class of 1994, agreed. Yeah, good guy. He was a good guy. I miss him. It was Adam Bohr. He died 10 years ago. And, and, oh, he, oh, he had the same spirit too. And I think it just is a reminder to all of our listeners, uh, you know, to seize the day. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you, Lynn, is that I thought, wow, you know, I haven't talked to Lynn in 20 years and he's this fa fa fantastic, dynamic person. 
there's no moment like today um, to reach out. So, so thank you so much for bringing up Dan's untimely passing. He was a Decora guy, and I know he made a big impact on you, and, and certainly was a positive impact in terms of where you are in your life because you are you're a role model to me, but you're also a role model. Thank you. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, buddy. Dan had a huge part in that. All right, sounds good. We'll stay in touch, Lynn. Really appreciate it, and we should be getting this out and probably. I love it, Rock. Love you too, buddy. Out. I really appreciate and, it. All right. Love you. Love you, Lynn. Let, let's rock and roll and, and let's not have it be 20 years before the next conversation. I'm going to do, how about this? I'm going to do the next Rockney cast on site sometime. I'm, uh, I'm only five hours away. Get over here. In Crete, Nebraska. Is that a deal? <laughs> All right. I, and, I, and I want you to show up. I'll give you a little bit of notice. And you got it. You got it. And then Navajo I have a Navajo taco on the menu. So you got to have that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god uh, i've got that's first you bet have a good day blessings to you good thank you so much lynn bye right, take care. yep you too yep you too oh wasn't that a good episode lynn is such a good vibe person can't you just feel the good vibe energy from lynn gay i am so excited to see what lynn has in store for his future the sky is the limit for lynn he can continue to work and on Elzon, Maine. I tell you what, if I'm in Crete, Nebraska, I'm going to Elzon, Maine. And I'd also love to see Lynn do a podcast. I'd love to see him do a screenplay on the story of his life with he and Ozzy Winger. Sky's the limit for Lynn, and I'm just so grateful that we had the opportunity to chat and reconnect. I hadn't talked to Lynn in 20 years, so it was just like we had kind of missed a beat. So, hope you enjoyed that episode. And once again, all the content we had on the uh, on this particular episode can be found at rockandpole.com for the book recommendations, the movie recommendations, everything related to what we talked about will be at rockandpole.com in the show notes for rockandpole.com. For next episode, we're going to interview my good friend, Dr. Josh White. Dr. Josh White is so many different things. He's originally from Northeast Iowa. He is a adventure athlete. He's a long distance runner. He, he makes a lot of good um, astute political commentary. And he, he's a real badass, too. Right? He's a real colorful character. I know we're going to have a lot of fun. He's a little, little bit of a smartass, but, you know, in, in a good way, just like I am. And we're going to talk about his role in founding Mission Haiti, uh, which is a nonprofit organization designed to provide medical care on a periodic and frequent basis to the wonderful people of Haiti. Just like so many of my friends of mine, he is fascinated by this wonderful dynamic culture in Haiti. It's music, it's people, it's food, it's culture, it's spirit, everything related to, to Haiti. Dr. White has made such a huge impact, but I know that what he has done is just a small fraction of the, of the impact that the Haitian people have had on Dr. White. So I'm so looking forward to this next episode of the Rocking Cast in which we interview Luther College graduate, Decora Iowan. He now lives in Vermont. Dr. Josh White. So stay tuned for the next episode on the Rockney Cast. And finally, thank you once again to my brother-in-law, Corey Grimm, for Indigo Eyes. That's the theme music. So keep on checking out Corey Grimm at CoreyGrimm.com. He provides all this wonderful music we have on the Rockney Cast, and I'm so blessed that uh, he is part of my family and part of my life. So I'm hoping you all join me on next episode of the Rockney Cast. <laughs>